0: to see all of you in the house of the Lord. I believe God has a word for us tonight. Let's make our confession. I am here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open. My mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me. I have the victory in my life. Because Jesus lives in me. Can you say amen? Let's give the Lord a hand. Now, one more time, just for me, let's say it. The Word of God is true. true. If I live the Word, I will be blessed. If I don't, I won't. It's just that simple. Let's give our keyboard player a hand. She's cute. You did good. You can all be seated, gotta to work. The guitar player, I'm gonna find one heart song every week and I'm gonna learn it or bust. Which tonight. one is it? What? It was that first one. Did you not do good? Yeah. Well did, did you, you not see do... my head going like this, that's because I'm trying to hold myself all together. Every part is jiggling. That's in. what those bobbleheads do. I know. It's good to see all of you here. Let's uh, let's pray for our Congress. And uh, let's pray for the absolute tragedy that was prevented in Washington. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Can I see your hands? Many If you don't. Uh, every year there's a congressional baseball game, at least for the last 16 years, where the Republicans and Democrats come together, and it's used as a fundraiser. And this year they've already raised about $700,000 for children. And uh, they practice going up to the events, a baseball game held there and uh, a deranged demonically possessed man in my opinion uh, opened fire on the republicans that were uh, practicing on this particular field and i think four or five uh, congressional representatives were wounded thank god for the capitol hill police department within about three minutes they responded and uh, the the perpetrator's dead now and uh, so father we do pray for our congressional representatives and. Lord, whether Republicans, Democrats, progressives, liberals, independents, um, total nonsense people or no-nonsense people, Lord, we have a government of men and women that represent this country. And we pray for their safety where every voice is is to be heard. And, and we live in a land that is free. And we pray that we'll continue to stay free, but we also realize land that we live in today is not the land that many of us were raised in. We pray for quick recovery for all of the representatives. We pray for the Capitol Police officers and and the woman officer that was wounded. We pray for their quick recovery. Thank you for the heroes that they were to stand in the midst of that gunfire and take down that individual. And now, Lord, we just thank you for great wisdom that there won't be an overreaction to what transpired but there'll be a reaction as to what we need to do to continue to protect our people all of our people of this nation. Lord, we also lift up Teresa Nice. Uh as we're praying, some of you may not know so I need to stop. Teresa's house caught fire and uh, it looks like it's totaled and uh but thank God Teresa and all of her family got out so they're all well. So Father, we thank you for Teresa, her sister, and the rest of the family. Thank you that they all got out well, what the enemy meant for harm and death and destruction. You're going to turn it around. You're going to use it for good. You didn't cause it, but you'll turn everything around for good. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Also pray, continue to pray for uh, Hubert Archer. Hubert got a knee, uh, knee, a, a hip replacement uh monday and he was out of the hospital that next day on tuesday i think it was so he's doing extremely extremely well and uh if he continues to recover like he is then uh three weeks he's going to get a second hip replacement and he's going to be back up here uh, on those congos or whatever you call them yeah let's give him a hand he adds a lot he adds a lot to our worship our worship is great Father, we do thank you for the continued recovery of Hubert. In Jesus' name we proclaim it. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you need healing in your bodies? It is the will of God to heal you. Just lift your hands up there. Father, we pray. Stretch your hands out if you see a hand lifted. Father, we pray for every single person. Lord, sometimes we lay hands on people, but there is nothing that takes the place of the Word of God. We declare that by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. We speak to your immune systems to be strong. We speak to whatever the attack of the enemy is, because sickness and disease are not part of God's kingdom. They come from the demonic forces. We pray healing into your body. We pray great wisdom if you're under medical care. We pray that in the name of Jesus, you are healed. We speak healing in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, you can uh, turn to the uh, book of uh, Galatians, chapter 6. We're going to start reading there. And what we're going to be talking about tonight is kingdom living. Everybody say kingdom kingdom living. It is the will of God that each and every one of us live in the kingdom of God on this earth and that we are blessed by God in everything that we do. That was God's original plan in the Garden of Eden. But because man didn't fulfill God's original plan, and the enemy got a hold of this planet, then the the blessings of God were never stopped from coming, but there was an order set in able to come out from the world and be blessed by God through his son Jesus. Even in the Old Covenant. The blessings of God still wanted to flow, and He gave them the law. Now, we have a different law today, it's called grace, it's called God's love, and that God's grace and God's love through His Son, Jesus Christ, has restored the blessings to us. They had the blessings available to them in the Old Covenant also, but they had to keep the letter of the law that God gave them so that the sin could be exposed. How many of you realize you can be in sin and do horrible, horrible things, and your mind can be so debased it doesn't even bother you? every hand should be up because every single one of us have been there at one time or another where we did something we shouldn't have done we did it so long we just kept doing it our mind was just mesmerized and debased and we didn't even realize it until the conviction of the holy spirit finally broke through and showed us the way of sin that we were going and that's really and truly what the law was all about but then even in the new covenant we have the holy spirit the devil is out to condemn you to make you feel horrible about yourself God wants you to feel good about yourself. And, and, and it's God's kingdom living that he wants to bless us. Everybody say, God wants to bless me. Tell your neighbor, God wants to bless you. He wants you to be so focused upon him and his blessings that you don't want to stray away from that, that you want to be close to God. You don't want to run from God. You want to be in, hang out with God and give God first place in your life. And, and that will change your life. Your perception will determine whether or not you become blessed by God. There's an old story. It's been around for years and years and years. And it's it's about this man in this town that this, this family was coming in. And the man in the family asked the man, what kind of people live in this town? And he said, well, what kind of people lived in the town that you're coming from? And he said, cranky, terrible, mean, awful people. He said, well, that's the kind of people that live here. And uh, so the guy went on thinking, well, maybe I've made the wrong town. Another guy comes to the same man, says, I'm moving into this town. What kind of people live here? He said, well, what kind of people lived in the town that you're from? Wonderful, happy, well-adjusted people. Well, that's the kind of people you'll find here. Happy, well-adjusted people. Your perception of what you think life is going to be about is going to determine whether or not you're blessed by God or whether or not you are not blessed by God. It isn't a question God doesn't want to bless you. That part is settled by Scripture, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But everything that we do with our mind and our words are going to be sowing and reaping. Everybody say, sowing. sowing. And, reaping. and reaping. I just planted grass seed in our in our uh, front yard. We still got grass coming up a little bit, honey, and that... I, I am really pleased with the grass seed that I planted. I know, when I really look closely at it, it looks bad, and it's not working the way the instructions said it would. It said three to five days you're gonna have these little sprouts coming up. Well, it's been a long time, and I don't have that many sprouts coming up, and my, my wife turned to me the other day and said, honey, do you think we should consider sod? <laughs> I think it was probably a good idea. It's not that, it's not that big of, a, of big of a space, but, We had to take care of it and we had to to really look at it and, and, and make sure that we did what should be done to prepare the ground. That's what we're going to talk about today because it is the will of God to bless us. And if you look at the world today, like the person that came to the town and they said, you know, you'll find good people here if you had good people where you left. But if you had bad people there, you'll find bad people because your perception of life will be that way. In the world today, we are getting closer and closer to the end times. And we know that things are going to be extremely bad in the good times. And things are going to be extremely good in the the end times. It's gonna be great, it's gonna be horrible. It's gonna be bad, it's gonna be good. Your perception will determine what the end times are like. And I'm gonna give you the scriptures in just a moment because God didn't tell us about the end times through His Son, Jesus, and through the Holy Spirit to make us fearful he did it to prepare us for what's coming. So turn to your neighbor and tell we just need to get prepared for what's coming. And this is what's coming for me and my house. We're going to be blessed. We're going to be blessed coming. We're going to be blessed going. We're going to have sufficiency in everything that God's called us to do because the Word of God says so. If the Word of God said it, the issue is settled. Turn to your neighbor and say, if you get that tonight, it was worth the price of admission. Let's look at the book of Galatians, chapter 6, and see what the will of God is. Everybody say, I want the will of God done. When you look at this Bible, you can pick stuff out that will depress you. It says that people are going to be imposters in the end times. They're going to slide away from the things of God. It's going to be horrible, perilous times, and you can look at that and you can concentrate on that. And say, oh, what was me? Or you can look a little bit further and it says the man of God will be thoroughly equipped for every good work that he's called to accomplish in the end times. In other words, are you going to be thoroughly equipped? Are you going to be shaking your head, thinking, "Oh my goodness, what? How terrible this is?" I have a, uh, uh, a thing from a Navy SEAL. I was gonna use it tonight, but I didn't get it. It's from a Navy SEAL uh, a training, uh, an ex-Navy SEAL, who put together a training manual for, for people that wanna get in their body in shape and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and this one area that I was reading is uh, called uh, uh, stress inoculation. And I love it, it's done by Marine Corps drill instructors. And in stress inoculation, they're, they're talking about, and I may use this Sunday, so if you come back Sunday, you may hear some it again. But in stress inoculation, uh, it, 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 for the first about three to four weeks of, of Marine Corps boot camp, they yell and scream at you constantly. They try to get you so upset that you just feel like you can't go on. That's what Isaiah Harbolt's going. He's just about finished with that now. He's, as a matter of fact, he told his parents, I'm really getting tired of them yelling and screaming at me. But, but, but they, they yell and they scream at you. And I've never seen it presented like, a, like it was in this article. But what they're doing is trying to get your stress level on overload so that you are just about ready to collapse so that they can work with you to get your heartbeat and your heart rate under stress to a normal level. Because if yelling and screaming at you cause you to stress out and you can't handle it, what's going to happen when the bombs go off, when the machine guns go off, when the hand grenades go off, when all of the things happen in warfare that you're being trained for and you're not ready, you're going to cut and run. But once they can get your heart rate to a point where no matter what happens, my heart rate's going to stay the same. It's not going to get old whack on me. A lot of people have a heart rate problem right now and they're medicated and the real problem is it's, it's stress but the real problem over and above that is they're not living the word of God. They are not sowing and reaping the blessing of God that he wants them to have sudden noises and situations and circumstances that you can't control should not control you does that make sense turn to your neighbor say nothing should control you but the Word of God and so when we understand sowing and reaping my little grass area project in the front of my home uh, it it is is that you, you you gotta plant the seed and then you reap based on the planting if you do it properly. Well, the Word of God is no different. We're sowing and reaping all the time. Every time you take a thought, you are sowing and reaping. Every time you speak a word, you are sowing and reaping. Every time you entertain something from somebody else, you are sowing and reaping. You're sowing and reaping to the kingdom of God and kingdom living, and you're reaping the blessing God has for you, or you're getting the force from this world that is not helping you at all, it's discouraging you. And all discouragement is caused, turn to your neighbor and say, are you ready for this? All discouragement is caused by the way you process information. It is not the situation, it is not the circumstance, it is the way you process information. Because anything that you experience can keep you encouraged because your courage is based on the word of God and your relationship with the Lord, not based on a circumstance that you can't handle. Does that make sense to you so far? Okay, tell your neighbor you're in the right place. Let's get into Galatians chapter 6. You taking notes, Pam? Okay, my darling. Okay, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Do not No bad words tonight. Pam said I said a bad word Sunday. She said I said the word... Never mind, okay. Do not be, do not. I said a word, I'm not going to say it, I'm not going to say it, I'm going to try to break myself with this word, uh, C-R-A-P, but I'm not going to say it. And I did say it, so obviously you say words sometimes that are habits with you, and that's probably a word I got a habit. Probably picked it up from my wife, I don't know. But but, but anyway, some lady Sunday came up to my wife and she said, "The reason I love this church is because it's PC13. Well I didn't have any I didn't have any idea that was the case, but, but okay, here's Galatians chapter six. There are a lot of people deceived today. Ask your neighbor, are you deceived? Remember those little mood rings we used to have? You, you, how many remember those? Oh, you put them on and it, all it was was the temperature setting of your body, but it's certain temperature and it says you're in a good mood, bad mood or, or whatever. It would be nice if you had a little mood ring in the forehead right here. And it says, when you get deceived, it glows. Wouldn't that be nice? Maybe we could have come up with that. Do not be deceived. This is verse number seven. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he shall reap. Who is the sower? We are. Whatever we sow, we will reap. He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Holy Spirit... Everybody say Holy Spirit. Spirit. He who sows to the Holy Spirit will of the Holy Spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary while doing good, in other words, sowing to the Holy Spirit, for in due season... We shall reap if we do not lose heart. What shall we reap? We'll reap all the blessings that God has for you. You will be blessed by God coming. You will be blessed by God going. Now, there are four important things to planting seeds. Number one, learned this when I was doing my grass seed, prepare for sowing. It's not just going out and, and throwing the seed out on the ground. You've got to have the ground ready. We've got to stir up the ground. The, got, the ground's got to be ready for the planting. Number two is the sowing. Number three is the maintenance part. Got to go out and water that seed. Pam and I went away for a while, and I forgot to have somebody water the seed. And, and, I, and it showed when I came back. There, there wasn't enough water there. The seed was ready to do what it's ready to do, but we didn't get the water down like we should have, and we're paying a price for it right now. Number four is the great part after the maintenance, and that's the reaping part. It's the same thing that is true with the Word of God. We have to prepare our minds by entertaining continually and meditating the Word of God day and night, just like Joshua learned from God. We've got to be able to take that Word and then use that Word and sow that Word. When you speak the Word of God, it is so powerful It is active, it is alive, powerful than any two-edged sword, powerful than any weapon today, if it were written today, that scripture, that the the Word of God is what changes everything because it is the will of God when you speak the Word of God. For instance, because some people, they they don't get this and they don't understand it, and I understand that because when I was first saved, I didn't understand it. The first thing I got, one of the first things was the Kenneth Copeland tape. And he went out and tried to start his car, and it wouldn't start. And he said, in Jesus' name, I command you to start, and my car started. Well, I remember listening to that tape, and I thought, this guy is crazy. Well, I didn't know the word of God. My mind hadn't been prepared. I thought he was nuts, and the more I listened to him, the more nuts I thought he was. And then later on in life, I found out he knew exactly what he was talking about, because he was talking about living the word of God. And that no matter what you think, what you've got to make yourself, discipline yourself to think, is what is the will of God? The will of God is that you be healthy. Tell you, neighbor, the will of God is that you be healthy. Through the will of God, he'll show you how to eat. That's sowing and that's reaping. All of us know what that's like. You you are a product right now today. Uh, Some of you will think I'm going to messing right now. But you are a product today in your body of what you have eaten and what you have not eaten. What you have exercised, what you have not exercised. What you have done with your body, what you have done with your mind. All of those types of things. We will always reap what we sow. Let's just say, I I will always reap what I sow. Sowing and reaping will never ever end. Now in Deuteronomy 28, I want to show you two scriptures here. The whole Bible is full of God's blessings. You can look in the Bible and find all the blessings of God or you can look in the Bible as I said earlier and find all of the things that didn't go right and then you can focus on which one of those you want to focus on. As we approach the end times, it is going to be difficult. But if you as a man or woman of God are in the center of the will of God doing what God is calling you to do you are going to be thoroughly equipped. I think about Pastor Stanley over there in the in the Camp Rhino about 70,000 refugees many of them from uh, various countries but most of them from the South Sudan. And, and Stanley stands out as a beacon over there because he's a man of God. He puts his trust, his confidence, and his faith in God. Thank God God has used this church and other churches to help him, but his confidence is in God. He thanks God for everything, and he is praying and leading those people. Two more dorms are going to be built, permanent dorms over there in Camp Rhino, thanks to another church that's involved also over there, in addition to now a storage facility that we're able to supply for him and feed the hungry coming along and bringing rice packets in. They are standing out as a beacon of light in the refugee camp. I spoke to Stanley today. And he said, I believe that what the devil has meant for harm in the Sudan is going to change this refugee camp because now we're we're applying for a Ugandan, Ugandan government certificate that will allow his ministry and the Dreamland Children's Home to minister all through the camp and all through the nation and the other camp, refugee camps in the nation of Uganda. And he said, I think God's got us on an assignment to minister for him. We need to give the Lord a hand because what he's doing, he's turning a tragic situation around. The Lord is doing that because his focus is not on the things he doesn't have. His focus is upon the things he does have. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you got a whole lot more than you think you have. you got a whole lot more than you think you have. Now, look, look at the book of Deuteronomy, verse number two, uh, 1 of 28. It shall come to pass if you diligently. Now, I want to stop there just a moment. Everybody say, sowing and reaping. It diligently means to be full of intensity, strong passion, and quickly responding full of intensity, strong passion, and quickly responding. Now, let's look at it. It shall come to pass, if you are fully intense and strong and full of compassion, to obey my voice, the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all of His commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord God will set you high above all the nations of the world, And that all of the blessings will come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Why? Because we sow the word of God, we reap the word of God. When I was a young guy, my dad had a grocery store next to a place here in Lafayette called The Winery. They bottled wine. And they had this brick wall, <clears throat> and on this brick wall, it was perfect for a young guy that was by himself there for a while and, and, and uh, to throw a baseball throw a baseball against that wall and that thing would come back at you. And, and it was always fun to test your reflexes. The closer you got to the wall the, and the faster you would throw the ball, then the faster the ball came back and you had to be really quick to catch it with your glove. Or you could back up and you throw the ball slow, it comes back slow. You throw the ball hard, it comes back hard. You throw the ball high, it comes back high. All of those types of things. And I was thinking about that today. Sowing and reaping is, wa- is like that. Whatever you sow, whatever you throw, whatever you sow out, it's going to come back. You sow out anger and bitterness and resentment and hostility and judgmental attitude toward other people, and I'm always upset about this, and I'm always upset about that. That's coming back to get you. You can't stop it. It's coming back to get you. God is not going to intervene. God has said to you, you sow, you reap. You sow, you reap. Whatever you sow, you reap. Well, life isn't fair. going to come back and hit you right the side of the head. Life isn't fair, and that's all you're going to think. Or if you sow the word of God. I'm blessed coming and going. I'm the head, not the tail. All things work together for good to those who love God, called in according to his purpose. I have abundance in my life. All that stuff hits that wall. That comes right back on you, and you reap what you sow. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to watch your mouth. Because everything you say is going to come back at you. Everything you say is based on everything you think. Do you know you, people say this sometimes, but it's not true. By the way, Patricia, great prayer out of worship. You do an awesome job. I think you're ready to preach someday. Now that'll send her home thinking. <coughs> but but, but, but we, we, where'd I go? Where'd I go? Patricia sidetracked me just then when I looked at her. Throwing in a reaping. I had a point to make. Glory to God. Obviously went in one ear and out. I... Oh, you've heard this said before. I spoke without thinking. That's not true. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's not true. That's not true. Nobody speaks without thinking. You can't speak without thinking. You cannot speak without thinking. You think first and then you speak. Have you ever said I can't believe I said that? Yeah. Believe it. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say believe it. If you said it, believe it. You said it because you thought it. If you hadn't thought it, you couldn't say it. You can't have pain in your body without thinking it. All pain in your body goes from wherever the pain is to your head and goes back in a not even a second. It just goes so fast. So what we've got to do is understand that I sow and I reap with my thoughts. I sow and I reap with my words, and God said, I should sow and reap based on the Holy Spirit, and every word of God is Spirit-based, because God is Spirit. John four twenty four, when he spoke to the woman at the, we- at the well, it said, God is Spirit. Everybody say, God is spirit. God is spirit. So if God speaks, that word is Spirit. Does that make sense to you so far? If God speaks, that word is spirit. That word is active, it is alive, it can never stop being alive, and it is what God hastens to perform. Hastens to perform. Jesus said, in in, uh, uh, what we just said, this scripture right here, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, uh, what that means, the the word bless, if you can put that up there, I think it's shar or kashar or something, oh no, ashar, ashar. This is what it means. It means that God wants you, the blessing of God, to be happy, to be prosperous, to be successful, and to be content. That's what it means in this scripture here. So, it's the will of God that you will be blessed in all that you do. It is the will of God. We could take this scripture and, and, and we could say this God said in the book of De- uh, Deuteronomy, chapter 28, that if we'll do whatever He says, we will be happy, we will be prosperous, we will be successful and we will be content. Now let's take a little show of hands here, if you'll really be honest. How many of you, God is not a legal entity that he beats you on the head if you don't do everything he says, so we can't take the word of God and live it with a straitjacket on us because we have to do what the Holy Spirit leads us. In other words, if you look at everything you're supposed to be doing in the word of God, you can pretty soon condemn yourself. Well, I'm not doing that right. and I'm not doing that right. God, through His mercy, shows us in steps. He didn't come to me when I first got saved and told me everything I should be doing. He didn't show me all of that, but He began to show me things in the Spirit that I began to want to change. I couldn't change overnight. I probably would have self-destructed because I had so much going on bad in my life. Can I see the hands of all the people? That's That would have been you when you got saved. It's like, how can I ever live for God because of all these things I'm doing? So He, he peels them off like a banana or like a... a, a, a onion skin would be better example so what we do is we get to the point we say okay God what is the number one thing that you're showing me to do how many of you realize that there's a number one thing that God is showing you that you need to start doing that you're not doing can I I see your hands okay now how many of you the number one thing that God is showing you to do you're still not doing it (laughs) Can I see can I see a show of hands okay now that part is probably not too smart, because if God is showing you that one thing He wants you to do, it's so He can bless you. And so when we'll sow to do what God said, we're going to reap the blessing. But if we continue to say, well, I know what God's showing me to do, and eventually I'm going to get around to it, then what we're doing is we're sowing to the flesh. And if we sow to the flesh, we just read it, what will we reap? Corruption. We reap corruption. The God of this world is the enemy of God who actually owns this world. And I hope this makes sense to you. It's not deeply theological, but, but God owns the world. We know that through the Scripture. The earth and the fullness therein, that 26.1, Psalms 26.1, the earth and the fullness therein belong to God. So let's just say, it, the earth belongs to God. But how many of you have ever had anything stolen from you? and somebody else had the possession of it. There's an old saying in the world that possession is nine-tenths of the law. You have to prove it's yours to get it back, or otherwise it belongs to whoever stole it. In other words, possession is nine-tenths of the law. And, and this earth is actually under the demonic control through deception of the devil even though God owns it. Does that make sense so far? If it does, raise your hand, because I don't want to confuse you. In other words, it belongs. well, if it belongs to God, then why is it so messed up? Because the devil is the prince of the airways on this earth, and he has deceived people from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. And the reason he deceived Adam and Eve is because they sowed to their flesh. Eve did it first, and she convinced Adam to do it. They sowed to the flesh. What did they reap? They reap corruption. The same format is being used today with people in the world and, I'm sorry to say, people in the body of Christ. They're sowing to the flesh even though they know better. Eve knew better. Adam knew better. But instead, they looked at the nicety of the thing they saw and they thought, what's the big deal? It looks like good fruit. I'm going to partake of it. You and I could relate to eating something, I think, that we know we shouldn't eat. How many of you, I'll raise my hand and I'll leave you alone. Turn to your neighbor and say, thank God. (laughs) I know I shouldn't eat potato chips. I was raised on potato chips. My My dad had a grocery store and it was bologna, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and potato chips and pop. I still love bologna, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, potato chips, and pop. I could live the rest of my life on that kind of stuff, but I know I have to restrict it. I know I shouldn't even do it, but I know I need to make some changes. Tell your neighbor, you probably need to make some changes too. It's not about food. It's not about food, but it is interesting. I don't understand all this, but it is interesting that God talks about the demonic force of the belly. And, and and how you you know that scripture what I'm talking about uh, their God was their belly somewhere somewhere and, and and then how it all started with Adam and Eve in, in the food industry or in the food too and how fasting is used by God which has to do with food intake anyway that's a whole other story but <clears throat> when you look at verse number tw- uh, uh, Deuteronomy 28 you can see that God wants you to be happy prosperous content. And he wants you to be successful. So let's all say, I am called by God, called by God. to be happy, be happy. prosperous, be happy. Content, content, and successful. Yes. Now, do you think just because you're called to be that, everybody around you is going to be that? No, they're not. But what are you supposed to be no matter how other people are? Well, it wasn't exactly like a choir, but you got it. Let's all say happy, Happy. prosperous, Prosperous. successful, content. And then you're around somebody that's trying to suck the joy out of you. You just need to look at them and say, you go your way, I go my way. But I am not about to lose my joy. I'm not about to lose my contentment. I'm not about to lose my happiness. Do you know one of the nicest things you can do today is to be happy tomorrow? He comes through that McDonald's window, you just be happy, look at somebody, say, hey, how's your day going? This happened to me the other day. This lady, I, I came through a McDonald's window, I said, how's your day going today? She said, it's horrible, I got to move in a new house. I said, well, why don't you be happy about it? She said, well, why would I want to be happy about it? And I said, well, you got a house. Well, yeah, I guess I could. And I said, well, then be happy. It's okay. And I said, besides that, you look nicer when you're, when you're happy. Oh, I do? I'm serious. I, I, I did. So, and, and, and she said, oh, I do? I said, yeah. I said, besides that, you look better with your smile. And she's got a big smile on her face. I said, now you're ready to take on the world. She says, thank you. Thank you. And I came by the next day in there, and she recognized me. She didn't have the smile on her face. She didn't look happy. But as soon as she saw me, guess what she looked? She looked happy. She got the smile on her face. And she said, it's good to see you again today. <laughs> Glory to God, as I ordered my muffin. Okay, now, Now, in John chapter 10, verse 10, this is basically Deuteronomy 28 coming to you from the New Testament with the Son of God who said, okay, now it's settled once and for all. Here's a new covenant. Here's the way of life. Never is this going to change. No different than sowing and reaping out of the Old Covenant. It says the thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. The devil does and gets an A-plus for what he does. He is excellent at killing, stealing, and destroying. But it says, I've come to give you life and give it more abundantly. Everybody say, more abundantly. More abundantly. And when you look at more abundantly, it's just a word. Well, it's not just a word. It is spirit. Everybody say, we just read spirit. Just read spirit. Tell your neighbor, we just, we just read spirit. You just read the Holy Spirit that will reap back to you if you live that. I've, I am living the abundant life. Now, here's what a lot of people do. Well, if I'm living the abundant life, what is my check, why does my checkbook look like it does? Why are you looking at your checkbook? If, you're living, if I'm living the abundant life, why is my family all screwed up? Why are you looking at your family? If you're living the abundant life, why, why are things kind of messed up everywhere I look? Why are you looking everywhere? The Word of God settles the issue. Everybody says, the Word of God settles the issue. <laughs> Everything else is temporary. Everything else is temporal. The Word of God says we have the abundant life. If you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, what do you have? little weak. What do you have? That's what I, say. I, have I have. The abundant life. The Doesn't matter what I feel. I know what I have. I have the abundant life. Doesn't matter what I see. I see what I have. I see. Listen, I see what I have. sewing. So I see what I have. What do I have? Have a baseball going against that wall at about 50 mile an hour and coming back at about 50 mile an hour. And I got to catch it fast or it's going to hit me in the head. I have abundant life. What's coming back? What's coming back when you say, I have abundant life. life. So therefore, you say all the time, I have. have And what do you have? have You have abundant life. Therefore, the power of the tongue brings forth the life of God. Because that word that we just read is spirit. Now, this is also spirit the definition of the word. And let's look at that in John chapter 10. They don't have it up there for you, so you're not going to be able to get that one. I forgot to put it up. But this is what abundance means when Jesus said you have the abundant life in the Greek. Abundance means abundantly. Perisos means superabundance, excessive, overflowing, surplus, over and above, more than enough, Profuse, extraordinary, above the ordinary, more than sufficient. We ought to thank God for that right now. Give him a hand. This is what we have. These words are spirit. I have the superabundant, excessive, overflowing, surplus life over and above. I've got more than enough. It is profuse, extraordinary, more than ordinary. I have more than sufficiency in every area of my life. Amen. Issues settled. That's the word of God. It doesn't matter what you see because what you see is what you have. You sow it. You reap it. We have the abundant life. One more time. I have. The abundant, the abundant life. Now, when you start looking at toward the end time here, we see some things that it doesn't look like the abundant life. It looks like if you look at First uh, uh, Peter chapter three, starts talking. First uh, uh, Timothy chapter three, it says that in the end times there will be perilous times. Men will be lovers of self. How many of you have found out that there are a lot of people that have really turned into Self-centeredness. Can I see your hand? People that you know in your sphere of influence, it seems like it's all about them. What they think about is about them. It tells us in the end times that the very elect will begin to fall away from the things of God. And it says that those people will be deceived and that what they're going to turn from is the truth. Matter of fact, we can turn there. at 2 Timothy chapter 4. And uh, I'll give you this scripture we, this is where we are today. Th- this is, I believe, where we are today. In Second Timothy chapter 4, it's verse number 3. It says, For the time will come when they will not endure... We talk about men and women of God here. If you read the full scripture here, uh, the very elect beginning to turn. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine... But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth, and they will begin to be turned aside to fables, in other words, myth and fiction. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, and do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your God-given ministry. Now, I want to just share a story here. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 23, it's right after Peter had acknowledged that Jesus was the Son of God. When, when Jesus had said, who do men say that I am? And they all kind of commented, Peter said, you're the Son of God. And he said, God has revealed that to you, Peter, basically paraphrasing him. But then right after that, Jesus told the story of what was going to happen into his life. And Peter said, no, 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 that's not going to happen. And Jesus rebuked him sharply. He turned to Peter and said, Peter. Now, I don't think he turned to Peter and said, "Uh, Peter, get behind me. I think he turned to Peter with an exclamation mark at the end and said, Peter, get behind me. Now, look what it said. You're an offense to me. This is his buddy. You are an offense to me. For you are not, and this is a key word I want to key on, mindful. You are not mindful. You are not mindful. Your mind is not thinking the word of God. You are not sowing what you want to reap. You are reaping corruption if you don't believe my words. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. There are a lot of people, I believe in the body of Christ now, that they are not mindful of the things of God. They're mindful of being a pleasant person and making sure everybody is happy. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, it's not your job to make sure everybody's happy. It's your job to stay happy. But it's not your job to enable people to feel good about where they are. As a matter of fact, people who are straying away from the things of God should not feel good about where they are. And don't make them feel like it's okay what you're doing. It's not okay what you're doing. You're going the path of the devil. Wouldn't it have been nice if Adam stood up to Eve? I'm not going to go there any further. (laughs) Wouldn't it have been nice if Adam had stood up to Eve and said, Eve, I'm going to protect you from what you just did. And I'm going to cover you. God's going to forgive us, but we're not going there together. But instead, he entertained a thought that he shouldn't have entertained. Eve did the same thing. Was one worse than the other? No, they were both bad. But wouldn't it have been nice if somebody had interceded for Eve and said, Eve, this thing's not going to fly, and I'm going to protect you as your husband. A lot of husbands today don't protect their wives when they do something wrong. I had something funny to add, but I just stopped myself. And they should. That came out good, didn't it? In, in other words, a, and the wife, <laughs> and the wife should always protect the husband. Does that make sense? In other words, you wife shouldn't just go along with your husband and say, "Oh, you're the spiritual head, so let's go down this path of corruption together." No, you ought to stand up and say, "Listen, you need to get a clue, buddy. Uh, you know, it could have been Adam taking the." <laughs> Some of you are saying, yeah, if you just knew my husband, I, don't. I know. But, 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 but it could have been reversed. The enemy could have come to Adam first, but he didn't. He came to Eve. I don't know why. But, but anyway, regardless, but we need to protect one another. My wife will sometimes say to me, you need to knock that off. You're not thinking right. Words to that effect. Now, at the time, I probably don't receive it the way I'm sharing it right now. <laughs> but I can guarantee you. I appreciate it because I know this. Nobody loves me more. Well, you can if you raise your hand if you're here, but nobody loves me more than my wife. I know that. Nobody's going to protect me more than my wife, and nobody's going to get in my face more than my wife if she knows I'm going the wrong way. To hurt me, to make me feel bad about myself? No way. To help me. She's said, help me. That's why God gave us, you women, to be a help me. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You looked down and said, this boy needs somebody to help him. But it's the same way in reverse with the man. The man needs to help the woman, too, make sure that she's doing what she's supposed to be doing or something like that. Okay, now, in the book of Mark, chapter 4, and I'll just paraphrase for time's sake here, but in, in Mark, chapter 4, verse 13, 20, I encourage you to read it sometime because it talks about where the Word of God is sown. It, it, the Word of God is, is the seed that is talked about in the parable of the sword and that it's basically saying if you sow the seed into the good ground it's going to produce after its own likeness but the cares of the world will choke out the seed, the stress of the world, the concern of the world, the the things of this life will choke out the seed of the word of God and it won't produce and it won't produce after its own kind because you'll then put that aside and the seed will be lost in you and that's what it's saying in the end times that people will drift away from the things of God and once they start to drift, it, it is just a slippery slope. James chapter 3 verse 16 says this. James chapter 3 says that where, that where there is self-seeking, uh, confusion, uh, where there's self-seeking, there will be confusion and every evil work. Confusion and every evil work. Sometimes, we see things happening in the body of Christ that's really based on a confused mind because people aren't living the word of God. So we're going to have to wrap this up because we're getting close. But let me leave, leave you with this scripture right here tonight. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. This is going to be me. This is going to be my household. It's just finished talking about all the problems that are going to come in the end times. The, the, the falling away and all those types of things. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God, everybody say, that's me, me. that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good word. What are we going to be? Thoroughly equipped for every good word. We're going to be blessed in our finances. We're going to be blessed in our mind. We're going to be blessed and content. We're going to be happy. We're going to be going from glory to glory. No matter how dark it gets outside, we're going to have the light of Jesus shining into the world. And if you've ever been out with darkness in a flashlight, the darker dark gets, the brighter light gets. We're going to be a bright light to the world. Let's stand to our feet. Romans chapter 12. I'll leave you with this one. Says that you and I are called by God to present our bodies. I share this scripture all the time, but it's so important. You and I are called by God to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, pure, holy, acceptable unto the Lord. It's just our reasonable service. It's the enlistment that came when we joined the army of Almighty God. And that we refuse to be conformed to this world. But we're going to be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that we will know the good acceptable and perfect will of god god wants you to know his will so that you can be blessed by him and blessings are going to be coming your way if you're doing what god has called you to do would you bow your head with me all over this church i want to ask you this question again as i say so many times the most important question you'll ever answer Do you know if you died tonight, you'd go to be with Jesus? God loves you, and God has a plan for your life. And if you're here tonight and you don't know for sure if you died, you'd go to be with Jesus in heaven, let's settle the issue tonight. Maybe you're here and you're like a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. You you know you've drifted away from the things of God. Let's settle the issue and come home tonight. If I've described you, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. And we're going to pray for you. I see your hand all the way back there in the back. Are there others? You say, pray for me. I I know my life isn't right. Yes, sir. I see your hand over here. Are there others that say, you know, I've heard the word. I know. Yes, I see your hand over here. Others, others, yes. All the way back here in the back, I see your hand. Anyone else before we pray? All of you that lifted your hands, will you quickly come down here to the altar? Ushers, give us a hand. Yeah, all the way back there in the back. Yeah, give them a big hand. This is what life is all about, all the way back there in the end. Yeah, keep it up, keep it up. Angels in heaven are rejoicing at this very moment. I'm glad you're here tonight. Stretch your hands out toward these at this altar. Let's pray. This is a day of new beginnings. Your spirit man comes alive. God begins to reveal step by step the plan, the purpose for your life. Father, I thank you for these at this altar. I thank you that today is a day of new beginning. I thank you for the anointing of God to be upon them. I thank you for the power of the blood of Jesus to consume them, to give them this new beginning. Bind the work of the enemy and the thoughts. Thank you, Lord, that the thoughts will be pure and holy unto you. That you'll fill these minds in Jesus' name. Let's all make this confession right now. Lord, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died for my sins. I've sinned. I've made mistakes. But tonight, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my heart and take control of my life. The true desire of my heart is to serve you and to be all that you've called me to be. Father, I thank you for every person at this altar that prayed that prayer. Lord, I thank you that today is a day of new beginnings. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Hold steady for just a moment. Sandy and some of you gentlemen, come on up here and pray for these guys. I want to pray for all of you before you leave right now. I want you to make this confession. How many of you can do a better job sowing and reaping? Can I see your hand? every single hand ought to be up because it's a lifetime study of sowing and reaping that god has called us to do so i'm going to pray for you and then i want to lead you in this confession father i pray for every hand that's up lord there isn't a single one of us can't do a better job of sowing the word of god reaping the word of god and showing people how important that is that your blessings would come upon us and overtake us. We give you the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, now let's make this confession. Lord, forgive me for the times when I've not sowed and reaped. But tonight, I make a decision. I am a sower of your word. Therefore, I will reap your word. I plan to be blessed, coming and going. I plan to have the mind of Christ. I plan to be content. I see contentment. I see blessings. I see good things ahead. I will see what I believe. And what I believe is your word. Can you say amen? Let's give the Lord a hand, go and be blessed.